Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pastor's Ponderings. I'm Pastor Kevin from the Hidden Alliance Church, and I'm Pastor Ryan. And uh, we're here together to uh, bring to you some thoughts and uh, to revisit Sunday's message and hopefully maybe uh, ponder a few things about it and maybe dig up a few other things that maybe we didn't have time to say in the service. And uh, so this is our way of kind of rethinking and reshaping and wandering through the message and hopefully learning some new things. And I'm glad you're here and I hope that you can enjoy the journey with us. And uh, so we look forward to spending this next I don't know, half hour with you and uh, Lord willing, you'll be blessed as well. All right. Well, here we are again, Pastor Kevin. Good week. morning, Pastor Ryan. Another week in Ephesians. Yes. And what times do we live in, hey? Oh, I know. Like things are just getting crazy out there in this big, bad old world of ours. I know. Just when it seemed like early fall, things might be heading up. Now it seems to be almost moving backwards. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh some of it is, <clears throat> I wonder about it. You know, I mean, I, maybe I, I lean towards some of the conspiracy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the world's coming to an end. You know, right. <clears throat> the sky is falling. The sky yeah. is falling. <laughs> On the other hand, you hear some things and you think, wow, this just sounds like the Lord is sort of uh, maybe in the prep stages yeah. of putting together the 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 bricks that will lead the road down towards end times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, he's probably been working on that maybe since he left. Right. Well, he probably has been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe not quite so noticeable is maybe mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, I think the way forward is just to continue to focus on him and pray. That's right. And be wise. Yeah. You know, be wise. Yeah. And uh, not to follow after a bunch of conspiracies. No. No. Like he tells us to be watchful. Yes. But watchful for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. You know, as we see things that maybe we think, oh, this looks like it could be heading towards the the end times. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up um, in fear. Yeah. Don't get caught up in preaching the end is near. Mm -hmm. Get caught up preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. there you living go. the Amen. gospel. Because yes. if the end is near, mm -hmm. then the most important thing isn't that we ourselves are, you know, obviously we want to be prepared, but we want to make sure our neighbor and our family and our friends who don't know Christ, that they are prepared, that they know Christ. I want to share this before we get to Ephesians because yeah, it, it seems fresh. <laughs> uh, we talked yeah. about it this morning in our staff meeting. Uh, it comes from Isaiah chapter 8, and it's verses 11 and 12 and 13. And uh, I, I still haven't fully unpackaged it, but it, mm -hmm. just at the reading of it, um, you know, we, we can gain some strength from it. It says, this is what the Lord says to me with his strong hand upon me. As soon as I read that, that's unusual. Yes. It's not normal for the prophets to say, this is what the Lord says to me with a strong hand upon me. Because right. normally they just say, here's what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. and boom, out it comes. But this is with a strong hand and a warning. He was warning the prophet mm -hmm. not to follow the ways of the people. And then he breaks it down. Don't call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Mm. <laughs> don't fear what they fear and don't dread it. Yeah. And then the flip side is the Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He's the one you should fear and he's the one you are to dread. Mm -hmm. Pretty straightforward stuff. Yeah. Don't get lost in all these conspiracies. Right. Instead, stay focused on the Lord. 
He is the one that we should fear and dread. That's right. And he has warned us in plenty of times. Like there's lots of scripture about the future mm -hmm. that still hasn't come true in the Old Testament and of course in the New Testament as well. Mm -hmm. But that's that's important and I think we need to make sure we handle it well, mm -hmm. handle it carefully. Right. But I also think we need to make sure we don't follow any of these crazy conspiracies going down here and right. the sky is falling and all that yeah. stuff. I think we need to say do exactly what it says here. And I, I like I said, I haven't ex like really dug into this, excavated it right. uh, to find out some of the depth of it. But, but on the surface, it certainly is a warning. Yeah, that's right. Because you can very easily just fall headlong into these conspiracy theories that maybe have grains of truth within them, but they keep taking it one step further, right. one step further. And again, you get caught, so caught up that you forget, well, even if we are coming into the end times, what is my purpose? Why am I here? At the end of the day, it's to reach others with the gospel. Amen. And whether it's Jesus true. is coming back tomorrow or in mm -hmm. a thousand years, that remains the same purpose. Yeah. yeah. The same calling. Which is a nice segue. Yes. Into chapter three, verse one, where Paul talks about himself being in prison. Right. He's a prisoner of Christ, mm -hmm. not of Rome. Not of Rome. <laughs> which obviously it was Rome that put him there, but he didn't see that. No, not he, at all. He didn't see that the government put him there. Yeah. He saw that Christ put him there mm -hmm. and not for his own good or, you know, so he would grow in whatever, you know, yeah. strength or whatever. It says very clearly that this was done for the sake of the the listeners, the ones who That's were right. reading the, the, the letter, mm -hmm. Ephesians. And I think, wow, that is incredible because how do you do that? Right. I yeah. mean, if you think about it practically, do I see my prisons, the things that I struggle with, the things mm -hmm. that hold me back? That's yeah. what a prison is. A mm -hmm. prison is a thing that holds you back. Right. Do I see those things as something of Christ and for the sake of others? Mm -hmm. Or do I see them as, I want to get out of this as right. quickly as possible, Lord. <laughs> Help <Yeah>. me out. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's a huge challenge because it's easy to just think of me me, myself, and I, and forget that when Christ calls us, he calls us into his body, his, you know, the community of believers, and ultimately to be a light to the lost. Mm -hmm. But if we get so focused in on ourselves, which is super easy to do, especially in hardship, then it is, well, I'm just looking for, looking out for how is this either going to be for my good or how am I going to quickly get out of this situation? So true. And he closes that this section off in verse 13. He says almost the same thing, mm -hmm. just a little bit differently. I ask, therefore, so he's asking them in light of what he just told them, and we'll get into that in a minute, mm -hmm. not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you. Right. <laughs> he is suffering for them, which are your glory. That's right. Again, just staggers the mind mm -hmm. to and think it, that way. Yeah, and I think this is such a an amazing thing to grasp because I think so many times we can get in our heads, and if, even if we don't say it out loud, this idea that if somebody is suffering, if somebody is going through a hardship, if they haven't been able to break free of it, they're still in that prison, we can almost question, well, are they really having faith? Are they really trusting Jesus? Or um, we get this idea that we need to keep praying until they're out of it because that's what God wants is for them to be out of it. When instead, 
Should we be looking at it as we look at our brothers and sisters around us? How is God using those trials, using those prisons in our life and the lives of those around us? Not simply as, you know, maybe they are a testimony as God brings them out of them and we're able to see those miraculous things that happen in their lives, but also to see how God works in and through them. Mm. Agreed. But it's not easy to do. No. And I think it takes, like, he's leading to a prayer, Mm -hmm. right? So that's what we get to study next week. Yeah. It takes that whole concept of being able to to approach God. Mm-hmm. That that's where it all happens. This is where I think all of this transition happens. Mm-hmm. When you're in God's presence, that's when you begin to see your prison differently. Yeah, you don't see it through selfish eyes. You don't see it through get me out of here eyes mm-hmm. or mindset. You see it as like Paul said, "I'm a yeah. prisoner of Christ." Right. Like that's pretty amazing. I am yeah. a prisoner of Christ. And, and I think the only way you can get there is in the presence of God. He's the only mm-hmm. one that can give you the wherewithal or the yeah. mindset mm-hmm. to do that. And then not only to see that this, this prison that he's talking about, which is a true prison, he right. actual bars, he couldn't <laughs> escape. Yeah. But I mean, obviously we're not in prison, but we have things that hold us back. Right. To see those things, the sufferings that we have for the good of others. Mm-hmm. Again, I um, I'm just uh, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit lost. Yeah. And how do I actually do this uh, well? Like I want to do it well. I want to mm-hmm. be someone who doesn't see the things, the problems I'm having, or the sufferings that I'm going mm-hmm. through as just about me, but for the sake of Christ and for the good mm-hmm. of others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that just weird talk? <laughs> it is. It's it's hard. It's something that's so hard to to grapple with and wrestle with because you know I think we can have a couple of different natural reactions to prisons. Whatever yeah. that looks like in life. One is shame. Mm-hmm. We want to cover it up. We yes. don't want others others to see. Especially when we come to church, we put our on our Sunday morning best. You betcha. Um, mm. Put on that smile and God is good. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Or we can almost seek out pity where we become just kind of defined by the sorrow and pain and we live in that. And things are sorrowful and we mourn with those who mourn. Um, But we can't go to those extremes where um, we allow it to hold us back. Again, a prison is something that holds us back. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul didn't seemed to be held back by the prison. Physically, he was held back. But in terms of what God was doing, the prison was acting as an open door for the gospel. Yeah, And I think the same is true for those prisons, those struggles that we face in life is that instead of being ashamed by them, being embarrassed by them, instead of um, almost wallowing in them, recognize God is doing amazing works in and through them. And he's opening up doors um, in ways that we wouldn't be able to walk through if those things weren't happening. Paul would never be where he was at had he not been in prison. And the encouragement he was able to give, being able to preach the gospel to the household of Caesar, that came because Paul was in prison, in a Roman prison. He had those amazing opportunities. And I think for us, it's when we, again, can wrestle through and grapple with that concept, we can begin seeing what doors is God opening in my struggle, in my pain? I do remember a young guy in our church in New Zealand, um, a young Indian fella, 
just a super nice fella. Mm -hmm. He he was very strong. He was one yeah. of those. Um, he actually had joined a team called. Uh, oh, what were they called? Empowered something or other, where they rip phone books. And oh yeah, tear stuff apart yeah. and lift logs. <laughs> he was one of those guys. So super strong, mm -hmm. like really healthy guy, and he got cancer. And uh, he was at work, and you know his workmates, they all knew he had cancer, and he was taking treatments mm -hmm. and whatever you have to do to survive right. cancer, and praying like crazy that it yeah. would be healed, which was all true and good, and I think proper. Mm -hmm. But he had a very different mindset. He didn't mm -hmm. have necessarily my Western worldview yeah. because he was from India mm -hmm. and suffering there was not necessarily under the same cloak. It's a little more, I guess you could say raw mm -hmm. suffering mm -hmm. and death. And it's a little more exposed right. here. Our culture, we hide it and Definitely. we put it into funerals, <laughs> funeral homes. And, you know, there it's just out in the open. Mm -hmm. Somebody could just die right on the street. Right. And, uh, and so he went to work and he was humming and singing. And finally his workmate came to him and said, how can you be so happy? And you have cancer, you could die. You leave yeah. your lovely wife and, and son behind. How can you be in such a good, mm -hmm. you know, you know, why are you so happy? And, and I remember he just looked at him and said, you know what? I know where I'm going when I die. Mm -hmm. This thing has come to me from God and I am prepared to, Give him glory through mm -hmm. it. Well, that guy was completely and totally shocked at that answer. Mm -hmm. And I'm, he, I don't know if he ever did come to Christ. I pray that he did. Yeah. Um, uh, Andrew never told me if he ever had that second conversation mm -hmm. about how to know this kind of confidence. I think he did share the gospel with him. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, again, back to this whole thing, he did yeah. not see his cancer. He was sad by it. And obviously right, he definitely. was normal. Like he wasn't a crazy yeah. <laughs> man, but he saw it as an opportunity to see that this has come from God's hand. This mm -hmm. is my portion. This is what he's given me. And he was doing everything he could to be healed and whole. Right. Um, but at the same time, he knew this prison was not uh, for his own sadness and that he right. could wallow in. He saw it as an opportunity to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul goes on to say in, in the rest of chapter three, verses one through, I think we went through to, to, to 13. 13, yeah. But he talks about the idea that, you know, the this mystery that is made known to us and and how, I mean, the fact that he's talking to an Ephesian church about the gospel, that's what he was talking about. Right. Right. It, it wasn't just a Jewish church. No. It was, it was a church that had Jews and Gentiles in it together, mm -hmm. which, again, that's a whole other aspect of this passage that our culture is so hungry for. Yeah. Western culture is hungry, hungry, hungry for this ideal that you can actually have diversity and still be together. Right. But you can't do it outside of Christ. That's right. So they're trying so hard to make it happen. Good on them for trying to make right. it happen. But we know it will never happen as long as Christ is left out of the picture. That's right. Because he is the one who sews us together. He's mm -hmm. the one who brings it all together. He's the one who died on a cross to destroy mm -hmm. what keeps us apart. Yeah. Our pride, our arrogance, our selfishness, our right. power hungriness, all yeah. those things which keep us apart. Our victimizing, like we're all a bunch of victims. Boo-hoo, woe-woe is me. Right. Whereas in the gospel, he comes and says, well, yeah, you are a victim of the enemy, but you can have now victory. And you don't have to be a victim anymore. Right. And so the victim mindset's gone. Yeah. Because you definitely. can't have unity and diversity if you don't, if everybody's a victim. You will never get there. No. Ever.
So, I mean, I, I can definitely see how the church is this thing that God wants to kind of raise up in front of the eyes of everybody mm-hmm. as a group of people who know how to get along and right. actually not just get along, but really enjoy each other's different cultures, different skin colors. Right. I mean, it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a multicolor, multifaceted mm-hmm. thing. And I say this very often, it's amazing that, you know, in the church, you find such a diversity that you don't find anywhere else. Yeah. Anywhere else, you find people that are attracted by like interests. These people look like me, they act like me, they um, are involved in the same sorts of activities that I'm involved in, um, in the same age bracket. Whereas in the church, all those things. They come second. They come second. Yeah. And and so I don't think have, that they're not important. No, absolutely not. But they definitely come. Right. Second. We like you, I think you said Sunday. We celebrate that the diversity. Yeah. We celebrate yeah. the different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. We celebrate the fact that the church is multi generational. You've got infants all the way up to yep. um, the exact opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> the oldies. <laughs> the oldies. Um, you have people from all socioeconomical statuses, hmm. all in one room, all united in Christ. Beautiful, isn't it? It is. And that's really what the gospel is about. Yeah. Bringing peace because he is our peace. Right. So it's not something you get. It's not a product. No. Uh, It is fruit, but Mm -hmm. it's actually more than that. It's actually him. That's right. He is our peace. Yeah. And if I have that peace, then I have the ability to be a peacemaker. Mm -hmm. And I can extend all the branches to people. Yeah. I was chatting with somebody the other day and they were talking about how uh, they felt really discouraged because they'd blown it, you know, in front mm-hmm. of their best mate or whatever yeah. it was. And uh, don't want to give too many details because you could probably right. figure out who it is. <laughs> but, you know, they'd blown it. Mm-hmm. And now their testimony was gone. And uh, I said, no, actually, maybe that part of your testimony is gone. But mm-hmm. if you come back and you apologize and you seek humbly yeah. to seek forgiveness, mm-hmm. that's just as much the gospel. Definitely. As it is not blowing. The grace to not blow it is the same grace that says, I can come and ask for forgiveness. That's right. And even that actually in some ways might even be more powerful. Yeah. Because if you're not blowing it, you could somehow twist it in your little heart of hearts that I'm really all that in a bag of chips. (laughs) But if you blow it, you have no place to go except Mm -hmm. for humbly down and say, you know, this was my fault. I treated you disrespectfully. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please forgive me. And that's and that going to shock people. Uh, I agree. That's powerful. <laughs> so is. you have both up front and yeah. behind. Both are grace. Definitely. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a beautiful thing that God has done for us. Uh, um, one of the things we talked about on Sunday was the riches of Christ. Yeah. Uh, the What does he say? Indescribable? No. What was Unsearchable. The word? Unsearchable. Boundless. 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 Yeah. Unsearchable. <laughs> that was fun to preach. Yes. Because you think about... What does that actually mean? So if you think, okay, well, he has boundless wisdom, boundless love, boundless compassion. I'd go down the list. Right. It is unending. And you yeah. will never, ever run out of the goodness of Christ. Right. No matter how poorly you perform, no matter yeah. how bad you blow it, no matter you know if you completely and totally uh, destroy something mm-hmm. that is of value, like a relationship or right. a marriage or whatever, yeah. the grace of God can meet you there and actually superabound. Like it yeah. can be way past. It doesn't your... just barely get you through. No, that's right. I agree. It's not yeah. skimpy. No. It's not just enough. Right. It's boundless. boundless. 
it's unfathomable. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not measurable, unmeasurable. Right. Right. How about that? When I was reading this too, I thought I read I read the whole article about Jeff uh, Bezos and yeah. uh, how he surpassed Mr. Microsoft. Oh Bill yeah, Gates Bill Gates. And, yeah, and uh, even like, I didn't say this in the service, but he had he'd gone through a divorce with his wife, and she got like almost thirty five billion holy in the divorce holy. separation. So that's a huge blow, yeah. right? And he's still set up to be a trillionaire. And actually, through COVID, he made that back and more this year. Oh, I don't doubt it. So he actually put him on track to a faster track than five years to wow. become the world's first trillionaire. And you think of the trillion dollars. Like, what? Well, I just stopped and thought, I can't even imagine. If I had that much money, I, I, I can't. It doesn't compute. No. Even though it's quantifiable and it's a right. lot. Yeah. You know, a trillion dollars. <laughs> what do you do with a trillion? Right. It's a scratch across the surface of That's boundless. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just not deep. Mm-hmm. it's very shallow yeah. you know i mean it's a lot i mean who wouldn't want a million or a trillion or whatever but right. all the hassles that come with it i don't know owner how he sleeps yeah you know it makes me think the c.s lewis quote it says we're far too pleased with um you know earthly things i'm gonna probably destroy this quote but um like children playing in mud puddles who have no concept of a, a holiday at the beach hmm. And we get so caught up in earthly affairs and earthly things and our earthly desires that we forget the riches of Christ and we forget the riches that come to us. I think in the midst of trials, in the midst of those prisons, in the midst of walking through those things, we see and we experience the riches of Christ in a way that far exceeds anything this earth could offer, any comfort that we could find in this life. Agreed. Yeah, I, I do. I remember reading that illustration as well. Mm-hmm. Who who was the one that C.S. Lewis was it? C.S. Lewis, yeah, playing with mud puddle, playing in mud puddles when right. you could be playing at the ocean. Right. It's a big difference. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's definitely, I think, uh, a good way to see this. Mm-hmm. But thank God for His boundless riches. That's right. Yeah. Another thing that I, I didn't say on yeah. Sunday, I didn't go down this rabbit trail, but when I was studying for it. I was reading about the poverty of Christ. Mm-hmm. So in in Corinthians, it talks about how we we know Him in His poverty, mm-hmm. and you think, okay, so if I know Christ in His poverty, right, and then here it talks about knowing Christ that we can get, we can know the we or He is preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ, but we only know Him in His poverty. Ah, wow. oh, you just again, it just emphasizes that whole thing. That he truly is beyond words, really. Yeah. I mean, all the attributes of God are his right. attributes. So yeah. where does it end? Mm-hmm. There's no end. It yeah. just keeps going. There's always and more. This is Christ. And it's this, you know, we just passed, you know, last month, Thanksgiving. And uh-huh. um, our, you know, neighbors down south are about to celebrate Thanksgiving and Right. I love a good Thanksgiving meal, the turkey and the stuffing. and But there's a limit. Eventually, you're full and you don't want any more. <laughs> no matter pants. how much you want it, that's, Yay, that's all you pants. can fit. <laughs> but it's like Christ. It's like you think, oh, I'm full. I've, I found it all. I'm fully satisfied. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, wait, there's more. Yeah. There's more. Right. There's more. And yeah. as we yeah. 
grow into him as we learn more of him it's like he he grows our ability to take in more agreed and that's for all of eternity yeah we're never going to reach the limits yeah we're never going to have a a desire that he won't satisfy it's fun to let that run around inside your mind mm -hmm. well the last thing we talked about and say how are we doing for time are we doing okay yeah okay uh the last thing we sort of cracked open on Sunday was this whole idea that the church is the manifest, is revealing mm -hmm. the manifest wisdom of God known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that was accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Yeah. So the church functioning the way it's supposed to, mm -hmm. the church being the church that God has called us out to become and to be, is on display for the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Doesn't that just boggle your mind just a little bit? It does. Because how many times, you know, does the world kind of point to seeing into the spiritual and us looking to, you know, the spiritual for guidance or whatever it may be. And it's, you know, this is the opposite. They're this watching is, us. They're watching us. They're looking us, us they're at watching, us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it because what it does is it kind of does, like you said, the reverse thought. Mm -hmm. But it puts your imagination into overdrive. Yeah. So when Jesus actually said, when he said that um, when a sinner repents, the angels rejoice. Yeah. He wasn't just saying a nice, you know, axiom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a party in heaven when right. you guys come to know and yeah. repent from your sins. He actually was describing the true joy of the angelic hosts mm -hmm. over one right. sinner. So thousands upon thousands, myriads upon myriads, like the Revelation says, mm -hmm. you know, of angels, all rejoicing over one. So this week we had a fellow come to faith in Christ. That's right. Very exciting. Yes. That means that just for him, mm -hmm. the whole heavenly realm put on a full stop and said, ah, let's have a party. Right. And they just rejoiced. Rejoiced. Now, that's also true, I think the reverse would be true, and this is what we tried to talk about a little bit yeah. on Sunday as well, and that is the heavenly realms include the demonic realms right. as well, mm -hmm. and the satanic and, and the devil himself, yeah. who now have to watch people right. breaking free from their dominion. Right. Think of C.S. Lewis, the screw tape letters, you know. That's right. Uh, those are awesome, you know, yeah. if, you, if you ever get a chance to reread or maybe mm -hmm. go back and do it this Christmas, which I think I will. I'm going to go read the uh, the screw tape letters again because of this passage, mm -hmm. because they are scheming and striving yes. and trying to maintain yeah. their control, mm -hmm. but they can't because in Christ, the manifold wisdom mm -hmm. of God is being displayed right. in the church. Yeah. As we live out this peace with each other, right. this unity and diversity, yeah. this whole idea of what the gospel does to set us free one by one by one, as well as group by group by group and nation by nation and tongue right. by tongue, which is going to be around the throne in Revelation, talks right. about being around the throne. And uh, and we are on display. And so the old enemy has to stand by. I mean, he doesn't stand by, obviously, but in this sense, he stands by right. and watches, watches his kingdom crumble mm -hmm. as the kingdom of God takes advancement. Right. Very cool. Yeah. You know, you, you know, he thinks back, you think back, you know, Genesis at the fall and Satan, I'm sure thought I've won. Yeah, totally. I got this. I've won. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. Right. Why God kept it secret. 
Yeah. He didn't want the old enemy to know what he was up to. Right. Until the proper time. That's right. So the apostles and the prophets now yeah. revealing this thing called the church. Right. And it was completely, he was completely blindsided by yeah. it. And in fact, his very actions led to it. Led to yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> so in your face, devil. Right. Yeah. Kind of yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, a, you know, that's even worse. Not just, you know, I had to watch it, but. Oh man, I thought I was getting the upper hand and my very actions led to this amazing reversal mm. of the curse. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen because we wish it happens. No. It happens because of this last, uh, I think mm -hmm. it's verse 12. Yeah. Uh, in him and through faith in him, he's talking about Jesus. We may approach God. Yeah. Right there. And then he just adds these two wonderful concepts. So not just approaching God. So think about the ability just to approach God, mm -hmm. the king of the universe. Yeah. But with freedom and, freedom and confidence. confidence. So that's where we go. That's how all of this has to happen. Right. It leads us to his throne. It leads us mm -hmm. to prayer. Yeah. And when we are led to prayer and at his throne and in his throne room mm -hmm. with confidence, we don't yeah. have to be, you know, uh, shy or, you right. know, like, you know, cringing because we're in the presence of mag magnificence. Mm -hmm. We can go there with confidence and with freedom. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we didn't get to do this because Sunday's Sunday had to finish. Right. But the next thing he is, is he's praying. He's actually at yeah. the throne. And we get a look at what that kind of praying looks like. Mm -hmm. We've already had a good look at prayers right. like that. Now we're going to get more prayers mm -hmm. about what this looks like of confidence and freedom, which yeah. is where we're going next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to spend your time in the throne room. That's right. That's where all this victory comes from. Yeah, I think that's a great encouragement to end on. Mm. Is remember, believer, you can confidently and freely enter that throne room and Amen. approach God. That's a good place to end it. Yes. Thank you for joining us for this week's Pastors Ponderings. We hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to diving in again with you next week. But until then... Keep loving God and serving people.